Hey everyone, welcome to LifeBridge Online. Whenever it is that you're watching this, we are grateful that once again you are tuning in to share in this teaching from the Word of God. I want you to know to our online audience that we pray for you often. We pray that God's Word speaks to your life as you listen to this on your mobile device, on your TV, doing whatever it is that you are doing. We, we pray that God will meet you where you are and that this teaching will impact your lives. One of the more humorous stories from the Bible, and, and this probably says something about me, and it's only humorous because of the ending and how the story actually turns out, is the story of Eutychus. It's humorous because of why this guy is even found, why his name is even mentioned in the Holy Scriptures. Are you familiar with the story of Eutychus? Well, Eutychus is mentioned in the book of Acts because he fell asleep while Paul was preaching. And not only did he fall asleep, but because he was sitting in the, in the windowsill, on the third story, he fell out of the house to his death. See, Paul began preaching, and he's preaching, and he's preaching. And in the Bible says, Acts 20 says that he actually preached until midnight when Eutychus fell to his death. He fell into a permanent sleep. Everyone says that they want to die, they want to die in their sleep. Well, I'm not sure falling out of a window is how we imagine that taking place. But no worries. Paul's on the scene. He runs downstairs. Um, he grabs Eutychus. He pulls him into his arms. He prays over him. And Eutychus is revived. Paul then returned to the third story and continued preaching until dawn. Show of hands, and, and I know this is online. Anyone in here guilty? As you're listening to this, are you ever guilty of falling asleep during a sermon in your lifetime? Have I ever put you to sleep as you've listened to me? And I know what people are saying. Well, no, no, no I don't sleep. I, I'm not me. I'm not I'm not sleeping. I just have my eyes closed in deep prayer. You know, I was telling my daughter, Stella, about this this week, that uh, she's always inquiring about sermons and what's going on and, and what we're going to be teaching. And she and I were talking about this, and I was telling her the story of Eutychus. And she asked me, hey, who falls asleep in our church on Sunday mornings? And I said, oh, we've got some, we've got some regulars. We've got some people that they, they certainly nod off. And she just sat there, and she, 11-year-old self, so, so kind sometimes, as serious can be. Dad, people fall asleep because your voice is so soothing until you start yelling at us, that is. Hey, we've all been there, right? We, we've been in the environment. Maybe it's in church or maybe it's, it's in the movie theater or, or some meeting that you don't want to be in. It's a meeting that goes on and on and on, and you can't help but nod off. And here's the best part. The best part 
is when you're sitting there, maybe you're in class or whatever the case may be, and, and you wake yourself up and you do that, that jump thing where you're, where you're startled that you're falling asleep. As a pastor watching an audience with people who have slept in it before, that is the best. Speaking of sleep, there's a stat done by the ever-reliable CDC that says 40% of Americans are sleep-deprived, meaning they are getting less than six hours of quality sleep per night. Many factors weigh in on sleep deprivation. Uh, not enough movement in our lives, meaning a, a lack of exercise or manual labor. We have more and more jobs. We're very sedentary. We sit for long periods of time. Uh, we sit in our cars on long commutes going back and forth. And then we sit uh, in front of the TV for hours on end. And, and so this leads to, believe it or not, uh, a lack of quality sleep. Another factor for sleep deprivation is busyness. Man, as Americans, there's a large portion of us that try to cram more into our lives. And when we do this, we often cause stress. The average working American uh, averages out 48 hours per week. Take that if the average American is also a parent they're adding another 20 plus hours uh, per week in our kids' activities or schoolwork. Mobile device addiction is another factor. 71% of cell phone users fall asleep either with their device in hand or it's the last thing they use before falling asleep. Many factors lead to the fact that we are a sleep-deprived nation. But here's the issue. Here's the issue with sleep deprivation. This impacts every other aspect of our lives. It, it's the analogy of how to, how to cook a frog, right? You, you throw a frog into boiling water, he's gonna jump out because it's a drastic change. But if you just increase the temperature enough, just a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, the frog will never realize that he is in boiling water. And that is the mentality. That's the state of our society. Sleep deprivation impacts every aspect of life. And we're so accustomed to it, we don't even realize that it's taking place. Think about this. Our overall health is impacted negatively because we're not getting enough quality sleep. Our relationships, our relationships are, are affected. Now, you ever show up, um, I get told by my family members that I'm always grumpy and that I always need to take a nap. Our desire to seek God dwindles. It dwindles when we are tired, when our bodies are physically exhausted. If you've been following along with us on our Core 52 journey this year, you know that today we are talking about this topic of rest. Mark Moore, in his essay that he writes on this topic, says this, you can change your schedule all you want, but until you change your master, 
you'll never find rest for your soul. As a culture, we're in crisis. We have no time for the things that matter most. From the very beginning, God knew our need for rest, and he modeled a radical practice to ensure we would enjoy it. It's called the Sabbath, and we need it now more than ever. So today, my goal is a shortened sermon so that none of you fall asleep and fall out of your chair. So let's get into this, right? So we're talking about Sabbath. And so here's some things that from Scripture that you need to know about this concept of Sabbath or rest. Uh, the first concept that you need to be aware of is this. Sabbath is so important that it is part of the very creation story in which we came from. Right? I mean, we know the story uh, from Genesis. God is creating the earth and everything in it. Even our bloodline, the human race, is being created. And when God got to the end of it, on day number seven, he didn't throw a party. He didn't celebrate. He, he, he didn't invite his friends over. He didn't, he didn't have a get-together with Adam. No. On day number seven, one of the very first things that he does with Adam, he rest. Genesis 2 recalls this. Verse 2, on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Think about this, will you? This day of rest, God deems it to be holy. Like, like this is a big deal. This should get our attention. Church, God values rest, not because he was tired from all the work he had done. He's God. He will never tire. He has infinite amounts of energy. He values rest because he created us to need rest. He knows that you and I need it. And so he models this for us. Then, later on, you can follow along in the Old Testament, when God is establishing his nation, his holy people, he commands them to take a day off for rest. It's found in Exodus chapter 20. It's the Ten Commandments. Moses is up on the mountain. He's getting these from God. He's going through the list. He's going through the list. And then God says this, Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. God says, I'm going to establish this nation. In doing so, one day a week is designated to rest. You have six days of your activity, six days of your ordinary work, but this day is dedicated to rest. It's dedicated to rest in me. So we must make this a priority. Fast forward out of the Old Testament, now we're into the New Testament. Jesus is, 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 is on the scene. Jesus, we know, worked as hard as anyone. 
Yet there's story after story where we know he found time for rest. But not only did he make time for rest, he declared himself Lord of the Sabbath. It's our core verse. It's Mark 2, 27. Jesus says this, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So what's this mean exactly? Jesus and the Pharisees went back and forth all the time over breaking the law of the Sabbath. Jesus would do things on this designated day off. And the Pharisees, I mean, this was the thing that they were going to get him on. Here's the thing, though. As such, Jesus was proclaiming to the world, especially to the legalistic Pharisees, that he is greater than the law. And he is above the law of the Mosaic Covenant because he's God in flesh. He is the author of those laws. Unable to keep the law, however, the Pharisees, man, they made things complex because that's what humans do. And so the Pharisees took this law and, and they really complicated it. They had set up strict laws regarding how to observe the Sabbath. Get this. The Pharisees created within the simple law of not doing anything 39 forbidden activities. Like God laid it out there. Hey, here's a day you're not going to do any work. Spend it with me. Like, like that's, it, it's a holy day dedicated to me. That's what he says. The Pharisees come along and they're like, oh no, we're going to add 39 forbidden activities. In essence, these religious leaders had made themselves lords of the Sabbath. They, they've made themselves the judge, the jury, and the executioner uh, over what is right and what is not right. Jesus is saying to them, Oh no, I am Lord of the Sabbath. And Sabbath is made for man, not man. For Sabbath. So Jesus is setting the record straight with those who were dealing with the burden of trying to keep this law. Jesus simplifies it. The Sabbath is made for you. But those of you who hear my voice, the Sabbath is made for you. So it's this concept with this in mind, because Jesus, Jesus knows that we need rest. He reiterates the point in Matthew, and we've used this verse a few times the past couple of weeks. It's Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you what? I will give you rest. Come to me, and I will give you rest. And, and so, church, today, that's, that's the invite we need more than we realize. We are that frog in that boiling pot of water and the heat's just being turned up more and more and more. And we're running wide open and we don't even realize what we're doing. And so Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. And so for the next couple of minutes, we're going to talk about this Sabbath thing. How do I practice Sabbath? Like, like what, what's this all about? 
Well, there's two types of rest that we need to be aware of. Like, like when we think about it, Sabbath is more than just taking naps. Sabbath is more than just uh, sitting on the couch and binge watching for 18 hours, not doing anything, but, but binge watching our favorite series or whatever the case may be. Now, when you think of Sabbath, you need to be aware that there are two types of rest. One without the other isn't Sabbath. So the first type of rest that we need is, I will call it soul rest. We need regular time with God, separate from the routine. Because you hear that and you're like, oh yeah, I, I block off. I give God, you know, X number of minutes in the morning or so much time at night. I'm in, I'm involved in church on a regular basis. Hey, I, I do Bible studies with my friends. I'm in a life group. I, hey, I went to two conferences this past year. I give God time. And, and those things are good. Okay, hear me. The, those, those things are, are needed to, to help nourish the soul, if you will. But we need time set aside with God that is different. We, we need to have moments in, in our weeks, moments in our months, where we do nothing but enjoy God. This is going to look different for most of us, right? I mean... I, I'll tell you what I do. Uh, at LifeBridge, we, we make uh, participating in, in a day of Sabbath uh, around our office environment, we make this a priority. Uh, I'll, I'll send Caleb off. I'll ask him, hey, what's God saying to you right now? What's going on in your life? When was the last time you had four hours of just uninterrupted alone time where you are enjoying God? And, he, and Caleb will say, man, I, I haven't done it in a while. And I'll be like, okay, go. Go right now. Take tomorrow off and you just find a way to enjoy God. And so it's different for each of us. For me, it looks like this. Um, I, I know I say enjoy God and then out of my mouth, I'm going to say I, I usually do some fasting um, because fasting allows me to rest better. Um, fasting allows me to not worry about food because I'm a foodie. I mean, you could tell, you can look at me and tell I like to eat. Fasting gets me out of that routine. Uh, I, my Sabbath always revolves around my favorite playlist. Uh, I've, I've got, uh, I'm not a big music guy, but I do have 10 to 12 worship songs that I love. And so my, my day of Sabbath revolves around that. It involves a journal. It, it involves just writing down and recording my thoughts. It, it involves me just having conversation to God and and, and writing or typing that out. Um, my Sabbath usually happens once a month to every six weeks where I am getting soul rest. And here's the thing, I'm a pastor. So I'm in the Word every single week. I'm studying. Um, I, I do a, a personal morning, early morning devotion uh, based on the SOAP method where it's scripture, observation, application, prayer. I do that almost every single day. I'm in the Word with some guys that I'm discipling. This is different, though. This block of time, I do it by myself, and I do it with as few distractions as possible. This time needs to be all about enjoying God. 
So let me ask you this. When we think about this concept of Sabbath and we think about this time dedicated to God, when was the last time you simply enjoyed the presence of God? If you had to spend time with God and the only resource you could have is a Bible and a journal, would you know what to do? Could you do this? Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Verse 7 says, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently on him to act. Soul rest must be incorporated into the concept of Sabbath, because that's what it's about. The second type of rest we need is physical rest. And many of us are lacking in this, believe it or not. The very concept of Sabbath is that we take a break from the mental and the physical strain that we put our bodies through. In the Old Testament, Ten Commandments, the ordinary work that we do for six days Church, there needs to be blocked off time in your week that is set aside for physical rest. And, and I get it. You're like, yeah, every night I try to get five to eight hours of, of sleep. There needs to be different times. Okay, I'm not talking about every single day, but, but there needs to be a blocked off time where we are trying to, and I know you can't do this scientifically. I know this is impossible. But there needs to be times where we set aside just downtime, where we are not doing anything. Uh, if you know Amanda and I, you know that uh, we block off Sunday afternoons for this very thing. Following lunch after church, we do everything in our power to grab a nap. Uh, it may be 30 minutes. It, it, it may be an hour and a half. For us, this is sacred time. We, we don't schedule anything. We don't allow anything to be descheduled. This afternoon between lunch and when we leave for life group, it's about four to five hours usually. This is down time. Dallas Willard described entering Sabbath as do nothing. Don't try to make anything happen. Just don't do anything. Just have some time each week where you can completely unplug and you can just do nothing. Monday through Saturday, man, it's full of work. It's school, it's home projects, it's get togethers with other people. Sunday morning, it's church. Sunday afternoon is all about a time to do nothing. And if you're in our congregation, you hear me joke, man, if you need me as pastor, I'm, I'm always available. But if you need me on Sunday afternoon, you better be in the presence of Jesus. You all know this to be true. If the body and the mind are tired, Satan will leverage this to attack you. And here's the lie that we buy into in our society. We think it's a badge of honor to overextend ourselves with work and activities. 
Like that, like that's something that we should be proud of. And I get it. There's different seasons of life and there's different things going on. And sometimes we have to, to work harder. And uh, we have a bunch of engineers here and people that work at the nuclear power plant. And there's, there's outages where, where they're going to be drawn to that for a season of life over and over and over again. And, and I completely get it. I completely understand that. But, but even within the, the, the extended, the overextended time, we need to be planning some time off. So those are the two types of rest, soul rest and physical rest. Now, one piece of advice to give you as you think through this. If you're going to practice Sabbath, if you're going to, hey, I need to start doing this, how, how do I go about it? Right? I mean, if, if I need soul rest and it looks like time being spent with God and I need physical rest, what's the most effective way to make this happen? And here's the thing. We've got a plan for it. This needs to be something that some thought goes into because it's so unnatural to us. What's natural to us is the fast-paced life. Go, go, go. Do as much as you can. Do this. Let's incorporate this into our week. So if you're going to effectively practice Sabbath, there has to be some planning that takes place. In order to accomplish this, there's a word. It's an unpopular word that we must bring back in, we must adopt into our vocabulary. The word is no. Unless, of course, I'm asking you, you to do something, then by all means, you, you give in. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just kidding about that. We have to start saying no to things and not feeling guilty about it. Church, there has to be balance to the number of commitments that we make in a week. We have to have our time. And Jesus modeled that for us. Jesus modeled time throughout the week to go off by himself away from people to spend with the Lord. We have to learn to say no to the demands of our jobs. We have to learn to say no to home projects that are pressing and building, and that's, that's me. My, my wife has a list of things that, uh, that, needs, that she wants to be done around the house. And we could fill every weekend for the next year and a half doing these things. But if we're going to practice Sabbath, we have to learn to say no to the things that, do they really matter? We have to learn to say no uh, to our kids and their activities. We told our kids that they were allowed to participate in two school activities a year. Uh, my son wanted to play all three sports. He wanted to play football, baseball, and, and uh, basketball. And we had to make him choose. No, you could play something in the, in the fall and something in the spring. We're not, we're not doing three. We're going to say no to that. Because that goes into this whole concept of Jesus where he asked the question, what if you gain the whole world? What if, you, what if you do everything the world has to offer, but you lose your soul? 
Charles Spurgeon says that rest time is not waste time. It is economy to gather fresh strength. It is wisdom to take occasional furlough. In the long run, we will do more because we're doing less. And I'll close with this. Hebrews 4.11. So let us do our best to enter that Sabbath. But if we disobey God, as the people of Israel did, we will fall. Enjoy your Sabbath. Until next week, we'll see you.